self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we, we are, are conversation, conversation con artists, artists. Mr. On Point, we are back one more again with your weekly dose of Conversation Con Artists. Yes, we are. Yeah. Exciting. And today we are going to get started with some deliberate nonsense because there's a lot of nonsense going on out here this week. Always. It's always a lot of nonsense going out every week. And more so, like, because I felt like last week there wasn't as much, so they made up for it this week. You know? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Holidays, I guess they everybody took a break from stupid shit, but we're back again with more stupid shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first story is about Aziz Ansari and his new show, Master of None. Um, he is a character dev, and I think the overarching theme of the show is to talk about a lot of uncomfortable things that go on in our society. Uh, but it's from the perspective of an Indian American. I've never watched, like, I'm not the biggest fan of his. I've seen it. I've seen it on my Netflix. I'll check it out. And then I'm like, eh, I just never do. Well, his character from Parks and Recreation and his voice would make you see, think that he, like, might not have as much sense. But he is very clever and very in tune with racial issues because what the show is about is just, it talks about racial issues from the Indian perspective. And so there's one episode, if you haven't seen the show, you should check it out. It's on Netflix. But it's one episode in which he, Dev in the show is like an aspiring actor. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a lot of auditions for roles that need an Indian role. And in, mm -hmm. in this particular episode, he is talking to another Indian friend. And they found out that they both auditioned to be in the same show. Mm-hmm. And an email got forwarded to him accidentally about how there couldn't be two Indian characters in the show. Mm -hmm. And he went on to talk about, um, about how there are no Indian representers of their community like there are for the black community, like an Al Sharpton or a Jesse Jackson, oh. which I don't like even one of them, really. Yeah, but black people don't. I, don't like, feel like. I don't think people know that, though. Like, yeah, I think to every, they think yeah. we love them, but it's like, no. Exactly. To everybody else... <laughs> To every other culture, it's like y'all got representatives. Like, to us, we, it's like though I don't think those people count. Who the hell elected them? That's what I. I don't know. Shit. I don't know. Yeah. They've been around since Martin Luther yeah, King I think was that, alive. I think that's how they got. It's just kind of a yeah by association, so they got to just stay in those positions. Yeah, and so with them, the truth of the matter is, if that's what they've been here for, they have been extremely ineffective. Mm -hmm. If we look at martin luther king time to now you know they have not been effective and it just kind of went and, and so from that there are some people who wrote some articles that referenced that episode as anti-black and the rhetoric in the show is anti-black as to where some other people in me myself included i didn't look at it as an anti-black rhetoric i mean i haven't watched it but that doesn't sound anti-black i I just feel like you put people in a position where they, if they stand up for their own culture, then they're anti-state. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not mm -hmm. going to be able to say he should, you know, he should, like, want better for his culture, 
but he can't talk about wanting better for his cultures or like the things that are wrong. Because that's true. I mean, I can only, literally, I can think of him and Mindy Colling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even think of any other Indian, like, major actors. Yeah. You probably watch a movie or a TV show and see a familiar Indian face that yeah. is in every, you know, is in a stereotypical Indian role or yeah. something like that. You see those people, but, you know, you're right. It's just not many stars, you mm-hmm. know, that you can identify as And we just went Indian. through that in the black. I mean, people were just doing all this, like, about how there wasn't black representation in movies. And, I mean, in, t- in television, it's changing because we got Empire. You have How to Get, get Away with Murder. Have scandal. You have these shows that have like strong black leads, um, so that it's changing a little bit. So I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to sympathize with the, what he's saying. It doesn't sound anti-black. It just sounds pro-indie. Yeah, like there's a difference between the two. I mean, something that we need to talk about in America is the brown struggle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every brown culture has their own struggle. And when you look at African-American culture, you have to understand the root of how long African-Americans have been fighting for things in this country. You got to look at the origin of that culture, you know. And so what we look like to greater culture are a bunch of thieves, a bunch of criminals, you know, a bunch of baby making machines that don't take care of responsibility. Like, that's what we look like. And Indian-American with that same brown skin in America, they look like. A terrorist, let them have on a hijab or a, a turban and they are terrorists. Yeah. Or let them be at a mosque or let them say that I'm Muslim. You know, they, especially today, because once they just allow a gun store to ban any Muslims from buying guns in their store. And you know what problem that's going to pose? It's going to pose a problem because you don't know, you can't look at a person and tell that they're Muslim. So they're really giving you freedom to look at a person and think that they're something that you want them to be and not let them in. So you're going to be able to discriminate by color. You're going to be able to discriminate by accent. It's so many things that that opens a window for. And then you got, then when you go to the brown skin Latino, you got, they illegals. They undocumented. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there are a lot of brown people in America and they all have different struggles. We all have different struggles. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we need to start putting ourselves in a position to invalidate somebody else's struggles because yeah. they're all different. And I, and that's what I don't like. It it becomes a situation where they put different cultures on a hierarchy, like mm-hmm. black people. Like to me, everybody's struggle is important, is m- more important yeah. to them than your struggle is to you. As it should be. Yeah. That makes sense. Like it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's the way it's supposed I mean, to be. And when you get to a position where you're trying to say my struggle is worse than yours and I want you to believe my struggle is worse than yours as well, that's when you're going to get into a dialogue that is not going to render any any kind of results. Yeah. And then you get to the to a situation where if you want to talk about, you know, them being anti-black because they're not standing with us and supporting with us, that puts us in the same position as to me as white America when they come up with their white pride. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even get me. <laughs> it just, it's just all of it's just meant to invalidate another person's perspective as to where if you feel like Aziz Ansari's dialogue was anti-black, you know, you're really just kind of pigeonholing that culture into 
having to feel a certain way about your culture or just being against your culture. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. It's weird, but I like Aziz Ansari. I, I like don't the have show. A with him. I think I my like comedic interest. Like he's a little silly. Like I don't really, you know what I mean. Like I haven't watched that show, but like on Parks and Recs, I just want to slap him a lot of the time. Yeah, so, Tom. Uh, Tom was so irritated. Um, <laughs> so I think that's all. I, I don't dislike him as a person. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, and, and like I said, you got to understand that the history that precedes African-American culture in America has had to force people to be advocates for African-American culture. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have a whole bunch of people. Let's not say Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, but because the names of many positive people in that regard escape me, let's say the positive, you know, accepted version of mm -hmm. al sharpton and jesse jackson <laughs> the past has pushed us to have to have people like that yeah and i would probably go to say that not to invalidate another culture's experiences but to say that if something started happening in america that heavily scrutinized and demonized the indian community like it's threatening to do now with ISIS and with the Muslim stuff, yeah. there will be advocates that come out. Yeah. There will be people that have to be thrust into the limelight to uphold or force the government to uphold the Constitution yeah. and the freedom of religion. I think that any culture that is at a critical moment in which they need people to be there, they will be. Yeah. And either we can say that nobody has come from those other cultures yet, to do that because it's not a need for it. Um, or those cultures don't have such a long-standing history of it that they're not they're willing to deal with a little bit more than African Americans are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but I just don't like the anti-blackness dialogue. Yeah. Because it's really usually black extremists that paint everybody who don't agree with them with this broad brush of being anti-black when yeah. sometimes it's just i don't agree with the, the way that you're phrasing it or the way that you believe it yeah you got to give somebody an opportunity to believe it in the way that they want to but yeah y'all should check out master of none the first couple of episodes are are pretty good and i think i like it it's, it's, it's just a diverse show in terms of what it offers comedically I may eventually check. You know how I am with shows. So yeah. Like I'll eventually, after the tide has gone, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll probably be watching it when it's not even on anymore. Yeah. The next story situation that I have is about police officers in Dothan, Alabama. You heard about that? I did. We got police officers. This is a story. Police officers since 1996 have been found to have been planting drugs and guns on black offenders because some police are the worst some yeah. police are the yeah. worst some of them assholes but the weight of the damage that the bad ones do really affect how we're able to perceive the good story ones. of being black in america right everybody yeah, <laughs> is right. held up against the bad that yeah. small percentage all of us are held against that same stick so but you know, it's even it's been stronger in the black community because you see black you see black people on TV 
in those roles where they criminals, crooks, robbers, yeah. Ebonics, talking crazy, they always, they always have to pick that person. When they gonna interview somebody when a story happened, like um Antoine Dotson, they, it always got or Sweet Brown. It always gotta be one of them. It can't ever be somebody who can speak intelligently. They gotta get, you know, a, somebody to do a jig on, on the TV. Like I try to think that it's not intentionally. I think it is. <laughs> but I'd be like, if I was a news anchor and I was looking around for people. If somebody was spinning circles and waving their hands around, I'd probably go over to them. They're like, I, they need to be excited. Ain't nothing exciting going on. I'm going to go over to this crazy looking person. I need some <laughs> excitement in my day. You know, it might be intentional, but you know, I just try to look at it from different perspectives. You're the king of giving people the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. It's like they're going to go over there and be like, let's find the most intelligent person, someone that's going to give us a news story. No, I bet they boss be like, look, we don't need any intelligent representation from this community, okay? Veer away from the intelligent people. Go towards the people that, you Get know. Get the most ratchet you can find. Exactly. You know they love that word now. Exactly. Get the most ratchet you can find that's on the scene and interview them. And It'll be is. better for viewing. So it might be intentional. I think it is. Because it happens too often for it to be coincidence. Like, how often do you see something happen and you watch the person that interview, you be like, damn, again? Every now and then. But you don't see it on the news. You like, you got to find the video online somewhere. I don't watch the news, so. Well, like, if you watch the news, the person they put on the news is usually the ratchet person. But if you go online and you stream some old interviews and videos, then you can find some intelligent people talking because there's a lot of people that... The problem is most viewers are going to see the ones that's on the news as opposed to... Because I, I feel yeah. like now most millennials... I don't watch the news. I mean, a lot of the people that I know, like, we don't watch the news. I feel like it's, like, older generation, And they're not finna stream shit. Like, they can barely work their phones. So, <laughs> I feel like that is more so who they're going to see is the one that's on the TV as opposed to the streaming intelligent right. people because who once you get the main story who go it's not many people that just dig and go find and go do their own exploring for knowledge and for clarity on the situation that's going yep. on unfortunately you know? and so with this situation it it went to the da the da knew about this stuff and he was letting it go it went to the police chief he let this stuff go we don't they don't know if it went to judges but there were documents released and there were other police officers that saw this stuff going on that was reporting it to the da they were reporting it to the who they were supposed to they reported that hey some of my co-workers might be putting guns on people that they're not supposed to be on might be planting drugs on people they're not supposed to be on so they went through the appropriate avenues to do those things and it didn't work and i think this speaks to the level of responsibility that police are supposed to be held to and the accountability that I believe that they should have to take if they have been found in wrongdoing. It's Sandusky. It's it's like the when corruption is in like these established like you remember Sandusky? I can't remember. Oh yeah, the, Penn State. Penn State. It was reported to people and nothing was done about it. The people yeah. who should have done something about it just stood by and allowed it to happen. It's like the more responsible you're supposed to be in some of these situations, the less responsible. It's like I'm not gonna, you know, I, I'm not gonna touch it. So yeah. I'm just gonna sit back and what happens happens until it come documents are released and then yeah. all hell breaks loose. Then it's a problem. You know what? 
you mentioning Penn State remind me how cold-blooded Law and Order is. <laughs> because Law and Order will come out with an episode and about soon. something right after it happened. <laughs> and I remember they had a Law and Order episode about it. I was like, man, they, they put twists on it clearly yeah. to make it. And then they have the audacity to say at the beginning that, you know, these stories are false and not <laughs> depict anybody. Really. Lying. You was lying to, lying to me. Lying. I don't like that. They did Chris Brown and Rihanna. They did Paula Dean and Trayvon Martin in the same episode. Paula Dean in this episode was the one that shot Trayvon Martin. <laughs> <laughs> they just mix and match. They but, absolutely, but you know what? You can't say that they don't address the social issues that are going on. They do in their way. They do in their own way. They do. They make you. They make you wonder about them. Um, but these officers, it was twelve of them. They were part of like this neoconservatism group, huh. in which you know they have those kind of views, like black people have low IQs and just all kind of thing. Muslims shouldn't be in the all them kind of extremist views that will make you treat that group of people differently but the worst part about it is now they're in higher positions almost all of them in higher positions than they were in and so how do you really address people that aggressively and assertively pursue a group of people plant drugs or guns on them or whatever they do and now they're in higher positions in which they can make even more impactful decisions towards that community in a negative way yeah like how do you address it because even if you fire them my whole thing is the the damage that they've done is irreparable like there's nothing that you could do you can't give those people their lives back the amount of time they spent in jail that they shouldn't have spent away from their families you don't you can't give that back to them you can't fix that for them you can't take away whatever experiences they had in prison. And I can imagine they weren't great because my view of prison's pretty shitty. So yeah. would imagine it wasn't fun for however long they were locked up for these false ass charges. So I don't know. I don't know what it is that you can do because even firing them now, this was from 96. 96, or, yeah. I mean, that's a long time. They've had plenty of time to enjoy their careers and... You know, and on the other side, that's long enough for somebody to have had a young child yep. when they went to jail and for they try to be grown. And they have missed yeah. most of their life. How do you give that back to that person? Like a lot of times they'll give like the um, the people wrongfully convicted money. That isn't time. Time is something that is you cannot. That's the worst thing you can steal from somebody because you, there's no way to pay that back. You can't give him seeing his kid walk you can't give him hearing his first words you can't give him taking him seeing him go to the prom or graduate from kindergarten or any of those life things you can't give that back to somebody and pictures only do so much you can't give them back a relationship with their child because that kid all that kid knows my dad had been locked up for he ain't never been here for me you know you can't fix that that's what makes this so shitty is because what they steal by doing this they cannot fix it. There's nothing that can be done for those people. Now, it can be stopped from them, you know, because they are higher up, so they could do worse shit. It could be good for, like, you know, potentially new victims of this um, corruption, but, like, for the ones that have been affected by it now, I don't know what you could do. And that's what's sucky about it. But I think this situation also speaks to the idea that you can have, this is how you can have a good cop in a system that's corrupt. Yeah. Because we know that there were cops 
reporting and turning stuff in, we can call them good cops. Let's call them cops that at least don't want to see people being wrongfully accused of things or they don't want to see their yeah. co-workers painting a negative picture of that profession by doing the things they were doing. We can call those good cops. But how good can your system and you as a cop be perceived when the system you do is doing this kind of damage? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the biggest part of this dialogue that we're having in America now about cops. It, I think a lot of people look at it in terms of extremes. I think the system is broken. Mm -hmm. The system can very well, like these cops that are shooting people, they might not be bad people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In some instances, they are bad people. In some instances, there are people that are just poorly trained and not prepared to handle last minute situation. In some instances, there are good people that are just in a system that put them in an environment that they probably shouldn't be in if, if you want to be fair about it. Yeah. Because you would be in the suburbs and in the, in the white community or the Latino community the same. They probably put them in a situation in which they've been convinced by that system with those 12 cops in it, that DA and that, that police chief that's saying, you know, these people are less than you. These people don't deserve, you know, trust these people. Uh, and it might not even be that 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 aggressive. It might yeah. be more subtle. It might be if a, a white person come in for an arrest, they say, you know, take care of them. And a black person come in and say, put that trash over there. Like it can be as passive as that. Yeah. Just noticing how people communicate about other groups, you know. Yeah. But you can be a good person in a bad system and you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to have to make some bad decisions at some point because you're gonna to have to acclimate or leave the system yeah. you're not gonna be able to be in the system and not acclimate so it's either leave the career that you have started or acclimate to the way things are done and most of the time what we're seeing is we see them acclimate yeah you know i think they maintain their distance internally you know and they tell themselves that you know I'm not going to be a part of that. But at some point, they got to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times when they make the decisions, they're going to be supported. Anyway, they're going to, the system is going to try to protect them. These police forces are always going to try to protect the integrity of their system mm -hmm. until you can't do it anymore. My problem today is just, they try to protect those systems irrationally. Yeah. They try to protect those systems without even knowing all of the facts, without knowing all the truths. Just like the situation in, in Chicago with Laquan McDonald, they had that video for a year. Mm -hmm. They spent the year trying to figure out how they were going to protect this person until they realized protection at this point might not even be an option. Yeah. As to where as civilians, we don't get that level of consideration when it comes to things that civilians do out here. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And so to me, it's just that's like the worst thing. Like those are the worst kind of people. Yep. Hiding behind a badge and carrying out irreprehensible acts towards a community that already has trust issues with you in a state in which you already, the world already thinks is the KKK headquarters, yep. which it probably is, skinheads, all of that. And it does not help the dialogue in our community today, in yeah. our society. It's crazy, but it is what it is. But since we're talking about police, we can go on to the next situation. If you didn't know, Chick-fil-A has a campaign going on uh, called Back the Blue. Now, I haven't seen this in any local Chick-fil-A's here. I don't necessarily go to Chick-fil-A often, but I've seen pictures of Chick-fil-A employees wearing shirts that say Back the Blue. The movement is supposed to be about uh, supporting the police officers, 
you know, or whatnot. This reminds me of All Lives Matter. <laughs> it just, it's, it's in response to Black Lives Matter. Back to Blue is in response to all this shit that the police are doing in the yeah. media. Like it's, if they had supported the police in this way prior to all of these yeah. shootings, I might be okay with it. But the fact that you're doing this now when it's like every month somebody's getting murdered and it's in the news because it happens yeah. more often than that, but, and it's in the news and there's a new hashtag and yeah. now y'all want to back the blue. I saw a meme today that reminded me of what Chick-fil-A, like it just, it, it said, uh, it, in quotation marks, bitch who asked you and then the person who said it is a bitch who didn't ask you. Like, nobody asked them for that. If you support the police, that's cool. But you don't have to have your employees wearing those shirts because yeah. you don't know how that's going to impact the people that are coming into your establishment. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? Not only that, but you don't know the experiences that your employees have had. That's true. You make them wear those. Yeah. Exactly. To force those opinions and values on them. And that's something that Chick-fil-A is one of the only organizations that has partook taking in blatantly so often is i mean we already know it's a christian establishment they're not even open on sundays but when you start putting yourself in a position to push your morals on a group of people that you hire that are diverse like gay marriage gay marriage police i mean and if you look at those two if you look at those two things and you apply them to a person Odds are they probably don't believe Muslims should be in the <laughs> yeah. country. They probably think everybody with a turban on is a terrorist. Like if you take those two ideals and apply them to the group of people that and the other things that they believe, mm -hmm. is is it gets is get to a point where it's not supportive. It's really really uh, stigmatizing of other groups mm -hmm. in our country. And you're talking about a, a place that employs gay people, that employs black people, that employs Muslims. That employs everybody that you can employ in America. Probably some atheists. Like you push all of these things off on people. And, you know, our laws are, we say you're not supposed to do that. And yet I go into a Chick-fil-A and back the blue right there in yeah. front of my face. Like I just don't understand. They just need to shut up. Like people do too much. But like you were saying, like, Anything, and it don't just have to, anything that you do or say as a knee-jerk response to something else, it's, it's telling that other movement how you feel. Yep. When Black Lives Matter came out and somebody said, well, all lives matter, what you're saying is black lives don't matter. What you're saying is, I don't really care about your movement. What you're saying is, I'll invalidate your movement with something that I feel. And the same way for Back the Blue. If we are saying, hey, the police are a little bit more aggressive than we would like for them to be, in some instances, a lot more aggressive than we would like for them to be, hey, police are not being held accountable for some of these things that they're doing, even in the least. What you're saying is, we don't buy that. We support the police 100%. You know, that's what the movement kind of says to me. And it invalidates the other. And you can, again, had they done this prior to all of this, then it would be like, okay. But we, everybody knows why you're doing this. Like, you're doing this in response to all of this bad press the police are getting because of all of these shootings. Like, we already know. Because people are pissed. And now you want to back the blue. Okay. But don't act like it's for any other reason than what it is. But like, what? I hate when people do that. 
But you know why you're doing this, though. Yeah. <laughs> you pretend like there's some noble cause behind it. I just, and I try to wonder what the strategy is. You know, I'm a part-time conspiracy theorist, so I'm likely to believe that it's some higher, higher, higher up police person with some high, high up Chick-fil-A CEO, and they got a relationship. They said, look, how can we make <laughs> relations with the people better in communities? And the Chick-fil-A guy's like, I know we can put back the blue shirts on our employees. We can have our employees show that Chick-fil-A support, and it'll fix everything. It'll make everybody love you guys. You know, otherwise, I don't know why they would make that decision. Like, what do they get out of it? What what does it value? What value does it have for a corporation to get out in social movements and take a side and force your employees to? Why should I have to wear this shirt? This is nothing to do with selling chicken, and that's what I do here. I sell chicken. Like I don't understand why I have to make a political statement while I'm at work against my will. I gotta wear this damn shirt now because you feel a certain kind of way about this. What if I disagree? I wonder if the employees have the option of wearing the shirt or if everybody just has to wear the shirt or not. Oh, I wonder what's happened to people that, that said haven't I'm not worn wearing the shirt. It, yeah. Yeah. Wearing that? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's not what you go to work for. And in any other place, I mean, that could be an issue. You can't force me to... That's like me going to work and, and my boss saying, you know, you have to do contribute to to this thing for work like you can't do that that's not why i'm here yeah exactly it would be exactly the same thing you can't force them to wear the shirt so i wonder if it's an option but here's the thing even if it's not spoken this is another thing that places do a lot even if it isn't spoken that you have to it can be implied that Oh, you you know you're not a team player if you, oh, you yeah. are the one person who didn't wear the shirt, or they could do it through implied means as opposed to saying specifically like you have to wear the shirt. You yeah. could be made to feel like you had to without them saying that you do. And so I imagine that's probably what's. So now when your review comes, instead of getting your thirty five cent raise, <laughs> you can just get you know fifteen cent raise because you're not a team player. You, you didn't, didn't want to wear blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. It is just. It's just unfortunate that they felt the need to to put themselves in the middle of this situation. Yeah. But I guess if it's going to be somebody, then it's going to be Chick-fil-A. Because they got a history of doing this stupid shit. So Yeah. No shade. Do you Chick eat at Chick-fil-A? Uh, I like their chicken. I like Chick-fil-A. And I like the waffle fries. I was pissed about the whole thing that about gay marriage. That kind of, I was like, this ain't got nothing to do with your business. Like, that is separate. If that's how you feel, cool. Nothing to do with your business, though. Nothing to do with selling this chicken. Let's just sell the chicken. And but I, I do like their chicken. It's good. Well, you know, and that's why that's why I don't feel like... When, I don't think I should have to say because Chick-fil-A, uh, uh, owner of, of Chick-fil-A said something like this, that I, I have to stop eating there. Yeah. Because... It's gay people that work there that didn't agree with that. Yeah. You know, it's employees that work there that have gay friends and, and family that didn't agree with that. Yeah. And and for people, I hate when people are like, well, if you don't agree with it, you should just leave. People have bills and exactly. they need money and getting jobs, especially if you are in a position where Chick-fil-A or somewhere like that is like the only job that you can get. It'd be a little bit difficult just to drop everything and go get another job it's not that simple sometimes for people to stand beside what they believe in as far as it comes to like workplace stuff so you can't just say well they should just quit well 
It ain't that simple. I could just quit my job tomorrow because I felt that way about something. I mean, I mm. could, but my lights would be off. That would be a problem. It's cold. <laughs> I know, right? When the owner, but when the owner Chick Fil A did that stuff, I remember. Oh yeah, everybody was. I remember riding down and in support of Chick Fil A because they did that. It was like Christian people oh, yeah. lined up oh. outside the door around the building, and it just, it just, I recognized the passive nature. Which with we with which we exist without it with these opinions and these thoughts about yeah. things like how subtle does it have to be like I'm not gonna say it but I'm gonna stand around the building I'm gonna and stand in this in line, line and wait for this you chicken. weren't doing this last week <laughs> but when this comment came out this one and like how quiet have we become in our society that we would passively aggressively show our support or or miss how we don't feel about a particular thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like it. I, you know, I try to be as open as I can about my thoughts, about my opinions. Yeah. Anybody that asks me anything, I'm going to tell them what it is for better or for worse. Now, there are some <laughs> environments where you can't do that in. Yeah. Like, I can't talk about certain things at work. Yeah. And it's certain people that is wise to stay away from that kind of conversation with them. Oh, God. <laughs> but I will never be so passive aggressive as to support something silently by going to eat at a place that and the waiting owners in line made that for kind two of hours just exactly. to get some chicken. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it ain't about it. It wasn't, about, it wasn't the about the chicken exactly. It was just about that support for bigotry. You know, I just you know if everybody minded their business and stopped being worried, <laughs> I'm just saying the world would be such a better. If we could just worry about ourselves, if you're concerned about your soul, great. You work on your soul to get it to heaven. Stop trying to save all these other people's soul. Because I, I, I imagine, I think I've said this before, I imagine whatever the end of the world is and on Judgment Day, it's going to be a whole lot of people trying to justify how their life ain't shit. But I did all of this, and I, I made sure those gays didn't do that, and I made sure my kid. That ain't got nothing to do with you, though. Yeah. Your life was full of shit. And so that's not going to help you get into heaven. you so worried about other people. And people do that because they don't want to have to deal with the stuff they have going on in their own life. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on this particular group. And I'm going to put all my energies into fixing them instead of fixing myself. <laughs> yeah. Mind your business, people. That's the moral of the story. And at the end of the day, business. the end of the day, the overarching message of the Bible is to love thy neighbor. And it does not tell any Christian that you should deal with giving consequences to a person that sins. That is supposed to be God's job. He is going to give out the judgment at the end of the day. So if you are putting yourself in a position to think differently about a person or a group of people and to treat a group of people or a person differently from those thoughts, then you are participating in what God's job is. You are not loving thy neighbor as the overarching message of the Bible says that you should do. And it's going to probably be a problem for you later on, so. Yeah, when you get to the gates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you, I want to see all of these people explain, but I did all of this other stuff. And, exactly. Okay. Because I've been waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> God's going to be like, come on. <laughs> we got some talking to do. <laughs> I think you misinterpreted everything. The whole thing. People, <laughs> they leave out love thy neighbor and they leave out judge not lest you be judged. No one want to talk about them passages. I mean, they don't have asterisks next to them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is what it is. It's like it's nothing else you can do with that. Nope. If you believe that love thy neighbor is accurate, there's nothing else in the Bible that can justify it doesn't treating your say, neighbor. Love your neighbor unless they're gay. <laughs> love your neighbor unless they exactly. are promiscuous. Love thy neighbor unless. Yeah. Like, that ain't, you know, 
That's my love thy neighbor. That's it. Yeah. That's all. There is nothing you can say that's going to justify anything that treats your neighbor outside of a, of a loving way. Nope. From that scripture. Nope. But they try real hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, clearly, we can talk about church and God and Christians and Chick-fil-A and a bunch more times. <laughs> but we got... I'm sure it'll come up again anyway. <laughs> it will come. It's going to come up a bunch of times. Yes. The next thing I got is these hundred black pastors. <sighs> these Negroes. <laughs> I just... Okay, 100 black pastors were invited to come to a meeting with Donald Trump. At the beginning, it was a little bit of problems with that because Donald Trump got on the news and said that 100 pastors are going to come and endorse me. And then some pastors came out and said, oh, this is not an endorsement. Some of them. And so I think what happened is out of that 100 pastors, a lot of them weren't really trying to endorse or trying to hear them. They just came and a small group of them are ones that really want to endorse him or just really want their faces out there. They trying to build a business and they doing something that's going to get them on TV, get their face out there and their name out there. Donald Trump could call me tomorrow and ask for a sit down and not tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> what do you need to meet with him for? He's made his position very clear on <laughs> numerous sub What are you going to hear that's different besides him, you know, blowing smoke? When he meets with you, what is the point? I don't even understand why they agreed to do this. And well, as soon as I heard this, I thought of that meme that um the black community frowns on your shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is what this reminded me of. Because <laughs> black people all over was like, what are y'all doing to us? Like, really? Yeah. For real? Donald understand. Trump had to have offered them something. I hope it was good, whatever it was. I don't know. The problem I have with it is that pastors are using their position in the pulpit to influence their congregation in other ways outside of faith. Like some of these pastors got out here because I watched the interview of one of the pastors and he was like, the Black Lives Matter movement is demonic. And another thing that he said was, I don't I, I believe that people got to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I did it. I got out of it. You know, and I'm pretty sure he has a congregation that has very poor people. I'm sure he has a congregation that have kids in it that are in situations in which it's not going to be easy for them to get out of the situation like it was. And that implies a failure on their part. For somebody who's actually trying for you to say that is very discouraging to that person because it's like, I did it. You haven't done it. So obviously you doing some shit wrong. Like it's you. It isn't the circumstances. Yeah. It isn't the cards that you've been dealt. It isn't what's going on. It's you. There's something wrong with you because I did it. So you should be able to do it. And since you can't, obviously you're some kind of dysfunctional or something's wrong with you. That is not your job as a pastor, I don't believe. Yeah. No, it's not. Encouragement. Leading yeah. your flock, I believe, is what you're supposed to be doing. And, and to me, not taking sides in a political arena that can stigmatize some members of the church from their faith. Like if you say a whole bunch of things that half of your congregation don't believe in, what is it going to do to their faith? What is it going to do to the message that you've been delivering to them about Jesus? You know, the ultimate humanitarian, the ultimate what you would call liberal today. You know what I'm saying? Jesus took a piece of bread and fed a whole bunch of people, right? Yeah. You know, like. Chilled is, with the prostitutes and hung that, out with them. Like. Kicked it. He, he healed a blind, 
bringing a girl to bring the girl back to life. She didn't have no insurance. <laughs> <laughs> that was pro bono work. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but it is. I think that a bigger issue, like if my pastor, well, I haven't been to church in some time, <laughs> <laughs> but if one of my old pastors would have started talking about these agendas and politics and all of these different things all in between his message of faith, it would have been a real turnoff for my faith. It would have been turnoff for me. Yeah, I would stop going. Yeah, it's like if if it were things I don't agree with. Clearly, that's how we are. Yeah. If he was saying a bunch of stuff I agree with with the message, then clearly I'd probably stay. But everybody in the church don't agree with me. No. You know, everybody in the church not gonna agree with you. So it's like, why would you use that position to pigeonhole people into having to feel a certain way about things? Yep. Or having to assess their level of faith with your your church, your establishment. I just don't think it comes from a genuine place. No. Oh, no. I think, <laughs> like, and in this same interview, the guy was like, I've been doing things for black community. You know, we've been helping the black community. Like, Sunday is one of the most isolated days of the week. I'll probably, in, in America, in the world, probably. Yeah. Because you got, it's definitely black over here, white over here, Latino over here, Asian over here. And then you got small subsets of white here, white there, white here. Yep. Black here, black there, black here. Now, I don't know if they're doing this now. Black churches are doing this now. But I know when I grew up, there were no churches that ever did anything together. Like with the other churches? Yeah, I don't, never. I don't know. I just felt like churches were territorial. Yeah. They all just wanted new members. That's all they wanted. And it's like... I. Black churches could have got together and said, hey, all the black churches in the community, we having a big meeting at the school auditorium. Hey, on this Sunday, we're going to take all of our offerings and we're going to donate and we're going to put it back into the community some way. Yeah. Or we're going to start this mentorship program. Or we're going to do like to me, it's an endless number of ways that these black churches could be implementing ways to help the youth. And there's one on every corner. So there would be a huge, huge amount of people if they were to do that. Exactly. Because there's a ton of churches, especially here in the South. It, it, every exactly. Corner, every corner almost literally. Like, and that, and, and a part of that is what made me start looking at church as business. Yeah. A church is a business. It is. When you start getting into the dynamics of mega churches, okay. how much money they make, and the problems that come within that system. Don't get me started on Creflo. It's crazy. Creflo dollar. You know, I don't know jet. if you... Do you watch John Oliver? Mm-mm. John Oliver did a whole expose, expose on... He did a whole expose on mega churches. Mm-hmm. In which he just put them on blast. And to show... And, and it's, it, I think it said that since 2004, only two mega churches have been audited by the IRS. Wow. Since 2004, I might be wrong on these numbers, but even if it was since 2014, that's, that's still, still yeah. two churches is still a few. And so in order to show how flawed the system was, he created a, a church for that episode mm-hmm. with all the tax benefits of it, with everything. And it was just a big mockery of church and mega church and all of that stuff. But they had to stop because one of the jokes they made in it was to sing your semen. <laughs> And a lot of people started sending them semen. <gasps> Just 
disgusting. Yeah. Really? It was like, because it was supposed to be senior, uh, in, like the ch- mega churches as senior donations. Yeah. He was like senior semen and your prayers ago, blah, 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 People blah, blah. People are disgusting. Yeah, that's why they had to stop it. They that's... changed the address. They, they cut it all off. <laughs> People are crazy. Disgusting. But he really just put the mega churches on blast and, yeah. and things like that. So it just... If these churches wanted to do something for the black community, they could. They could. Absolutely. Instead of being on their individual pulpits saying, hey, support black businesses. Hey, kids do your do good in school. Hey, parents be involved. Why? The churches can do something. And in my head, it's an endless number of ways yeah. that the church can implement different things that's gonna help. Like, I don't even know how it would have benefited if church if churches like okay every now and then they had like a concert type thing yeah but that wasn't even the whole church that was just the choir part yeah. of the churches you know <laughs> what i'm saying and so i just see if 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 a bunch of churches in my little hometown got together the black churches and did something man i would be far more connected with a lot of people in my community i'll be far more connected with my community in general i would know a whole much more pastors than i actually know yeah. instead of just the ones of the churches i went to and so when i see stuff like this where these hundred pastors went to donald trump it's just not from a good place. No, it's just for publicity. It is. Because they were trying to get their face out there. Yep. If you watch the interview, if you watch when they were trying to talk, when they were behind Donald Trump, they were really trying to get their face. <laughs> like they were looking around, like one of them over his shoulder and one of them is like, let me scoot over in front of this. Like they wanted their faces seen. Wow. And I've been watching interviews for that junk all week and I just, I can't get with it. Yeah, it's too much. Using face. Using Never the pulpit. Never good. Using the pulpit for your agendas. And it's... again, Judgment Day, I just feel like that's going to be a whole other line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> apparently, they're supposed to be judged more harshly, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll, well, I guess we won't see. Yeah. But we just have to live. I would and... love to be able to like just stand at the gate, though, and just watch. I know I wouldn't be allowed to, right? But I just, I think it would be interesting. But yeah. Well, if nothing else, someday I might write a book or a screenplay about what that's going to look like in my head. <laughs> and it's not going to be enlightening. That's it's going to be probably condescending and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last thing I got is The Wiz. <sighs> and I say that not because I have anything against The Wiz, but I know where this is going. Did you watch it? I didn't. I, not really. I like musicals, but The Wiz wasn't my one of my favorite ones. I saw the original one, but I was just like, eh. I don't fool with musicals. I like Dreamgirls. I like Chicago. Chicago's my favorite one. I've seen Chicago. Chicago was good. I That's watched Rent. I that was a lot of nothing. Rent. Uh, 535,600 minutes. How do you I don't. I have no yeah. idea. Tay Diggs is in it. The remake. It's like a Broadway thing, but they did a movie version of it. Anyway, it sucked. AIDS and all that shit. I um, just don't think I'm... I wasn't necessarily even fond of the Tyler Perry play oh, things yeah. where you just get into singing and uh, stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, I can do it without the singing and dancing <laughs> stuff. Just give me a moral of the story, a good movie. Good, like, if I want to hear some songs, I'll listen to my music. Yeah. You know, I don't want my music and my movies intertwining yeah. necessarily. I mean, the original Wiz was pretty cool, but I didn't watch this remake of it, but I know where you're going. Maybe I'll watch it one day. Yeah. But anyway, The Wiz came out. It was a new... Okay, The Wiz just came out. The Wiz is a remake of the original Wiz, which is a retelling of The Wizard of Oz that which came out in like the white. 30s. And it was an all-white cast because it was in the 30s, which is why they made The Wiz, 
which is a retelling, and it had a black cast. And this is a remake of the retelling. And people are stupid. <laughs> and so when this Wiz came out, you're getting Twitter comments, Facebook statuses talking about, oh, the Wiz, an all-black cast? If this was white and an all-white cast, then people will be crying racism. America is backwards on this double standard. Stuff like that. There was already a white cast. Oh, white cast. It was called the Wizard of Oz, you <laughs> idiot. Like, Google stuff. Before you, please, please, anybody listening to this, if you're going to get out here on social media, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, and, and, you know, give everybody your two cents that nobody asked for, at least make sure that your two cents is based on fact and don't just get out here looking like an ass. Because people, black Twitter is very non-forgiving. Yeah, they And they, they, will, they, they will get in your ass. So please <laughs> make sure that you have your facts straight. There was already an all-white cast. It was the Wizard of Oz. I mean, if, if you got a piece of paper, and it got a little black circle in the middle. You still gonna call it a white piece of paper. Yes. And so if you look at media in America, everything is white. <laughs> I don't care if it got two black people in it. That's just a dot on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's still white. Just because your favorite TV show got a black person that pop up and make some, you know, culturally urban comments because they do that so they can say the urban stuff they want to say but they know if they have a, a white person say it people have a problem with it so let's get this one black person to say or let's get this one indian person to say the stuff we want to say because they'll accept it more if it comes out of an indian mouth or if it comes out of a black mouth or if it comes out of a latino mouth as opposed to if a white person said it because they're gonna have a problem with that that's exactly. what I feel like that happens a lot so they can say the culturally insensitive stuff without being culturally insensitive in the eyes of the viewing public. But for like for the people that make these kind of comments, outside of the Wiz, is it really enough that there's one or two black people on any other show? Is that enough? Is that enough for you to say, y'all got a black person here, y'all got a black person there? I don't... That's like, and I hate when people say that because then that's to say there's a quota, right? There's only so many. Like we've given you three. How many do you want? Like. Like there's some kind of a number that we've reached our max. And so until one of these people dies or stops making shows, well, we can't replace them because we're, we're at our max capacity for black people right now. I'm sorry. There's, there was only three slots like that to say that says that there's a max number. Like there's three. So what do you want? What more do you want? How about an equal number? How about <laughs> opportunities? How about, you know, fair treatment? How about those things? <laughs> I saw wait. I saw a uh, picture of Star Wars, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the outcry that happened when Star Wars oh, came out oh, and it had the black main character. I'm not good with names. So y'all just got to bail me not being good with names. <laughs> I don't know the dude's name, but in the, uh, I'm going to say in the, in one of the Asian versions, I don't know if it was Chinese, Japanese, mm -hmm. one of the Asian versions, they took his picture out, made it very small and pushed it to the back. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy, but Asian marketing dictates that black people are just not desired to be seen on the screen over there. It's like that here too, but at least with the people out crying about it, they not going to make the black character picture smaller. <laughs> because it's fucked up. Yeah, somebody going to get fired. Basically. Oh, and in America. Yeah. Like in America, you can't the person who did the photoshopping or the person <laughs> who approved it, somebody going to get fired if that happened over yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? 
But I was a part of a Facebook dialogue that asked the question. When you look at the Wiz, an all black cast, when you look at Scandal having a um, Kerry Washington as the black lead or you look at how to get away with murder with Viola Davis as the lead or and you look at some of these um, black tradition, what would be traditionally called black films coming up in the blockbuster Mm -hmm. on the blockbuster scene. Are black people making strides as a culture from seeing ourselves be in those positions that we've never seen ourselves be in before? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. I wouldn't call it strides. I would, though. (laughs) You would call it strides? Because I feel like a stride, I I feel like forward motion is going to take a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think anywhere where we are, any that's any industry that's including the entertainment industry that we are in in which the people within those positions can make forward motion it's a stride for everybody and just because i'm not necessarily in that industry i don't have any kids yet but i might one day who decides that they want to be an actor or you have a brother that's an actor and he will be able to have opportunities not the opportunities he want, probably, but you know, it'll it could potentially open doors for him who is in that industry. Mm-hmm. So I feel like any strides within any of the industries in which we are in, it's gonna. I mean, any forward motion will be is a stride to me because that's my definition of stride. It's forward. It's moving forward. And so, just because I'm not necessarily in entertainment, for the people who are, and the people who are coming along, who because you know, you know how most kids at some point I never did. Some kids have that dream of becoming an actor or an actress and pre and you know, past years you look on the TV, you don't see yourself. So can I be an actor or an actress? I don't know. I don't ever see nobody that look like me. They're not looking for nobody that look like me. Being able to see yourself and in something other than Ratchet TV, because I got a whole other that could be a whole other show. Love yeah, and hip hop and all of that shit. That's not where kids need to be trying to get to. But seeing them in like more like I don't know better roles well I guess when you say stride when you say is it a stride for a culture I don't look at it like that as a stride for a culture I mean I'm not saying that individuals can't value from can't benefit Mm -hmm. from seeing people that look like them in roles that they've never been because as a child growing up they kept saying they kept telling me you can be whatever you want to be but when I look at the list of presidents, there was none mm-hmm. that represented my skin color. There was none that represented my tone, my dialect, my syntax. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The kind of hair that I had. There was nobody that had that. So I know that there is value in in people and children seeing people in those positions. So I think it benefits individuals. Mm-hmm. The reason that I don't look at it as a stride, I guess, is because I feel like that greater media... Um, the heads of the media, mm-hmm. which we would call, you know, white society, are in charge of the floodgates. That's they, true. they like it's like, like we we rats in a little cage, and they get to pull open the little, they pull open the thing, and one rat run out to go get some cheese, and you know they keep letting that rat run around, and then they they open it up for other ones to roll yeah. run out. It's like they in charge of the floodgates. But even that is kind of changing. You have Shonda Rhimes who owns, and I, I don't watch Scandal any of them. Yeah. How to get away with murder? They, I Grey's think they Anatomy. all come on the same. They come. She Thursday. she owns Shonda Land. Shonda Land. She owns an entire night of TV. Um, I'm gonna 
screw her name to shit, and I know I am, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Ava Desiree Dejara Jibba Jabba. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so the sorry. The lady who did what the movie she did? Um, Selma. She did, did Selma. Selma. Yes. So you have people who are creating shows in which they would be able to put more people. So they're not in charge of the floodgates per se, but I feel like we're getting up the ladder a little bit um, more because that never was before. Shonda Rhimes having almost an entire night of primetime television with all of these popular ass shows where she's, you know, people are coming up for Emmys and shit. That's, that was not the case. Hell, that wasn't the case two, three years ago. Like she's, she's getting us to where a good place I feel like we're moving towards there now it ain't gonna happen tomorrow we're still worlds away but I I think that it's a stride in the right direction and you're right we we are moving towards a, a good place compared to where we used to be but the the way I look at it is that black people have always been qualified to be in positions of oh, yeah. influence and power yeah it's just they're letting us now. Yeah. And I just don't like the idea that they're letting us. You know what I'm saying? Even though even though it will benefit the youth because if you don't think of it in terms of that, the way that I think of yeah. it, if you don't think of it in terms of the, the uh, systemic and institutional racism and stigmatizing part of it, as a child, all you see is your people on the screen and your people in the White House and your people here and your people there. And even Indian Americans, like... Aziz Ansari, the show Master of None, we mm-hmm. talked about him. Like, I'm seeing my people in, 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 a, in a light in which I never seen it. Yeah, Mindy, Mindy Colling. Yeah. And that is there is value to that. Mm-hmm. But if you if to me, if you look at it as a culture, are we making strides? We making strides in a lot of ways, but it's very hard for me to see media as one in terms of them letting us have a little bit more access than well, we used to. And it's based off of money. Yeah. How much money we're bringing to the table now? I mean, but I guess when you're in a country that wasn't built for you in a country that's always been run by somebody else, it's going to be a long time before you feel differently about or you it may not even be in your lifetime before you feel or see it not be them letting us because they've been in control for so long and dethroning, you know, mm-hmm. the the in charge, right? It's going to take a long time. That may not happen in our lifetime. Like you may not live to see that. I may not live to see that, unfortunately, because the country wasn't built for us. We just kind of brought over here. I got you. And in the big picture to me, like slow money is better than no money. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your brother would agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I mean, even if it's moving forward in, in, in a small direction, you know, I can see it as that, but I still You have an issue with the word stride. I have an issue with the word stride. <laughs> stride you know, a stride is like a long, like, <laughs> if you got your stride in, in a race, you got it. You going. <laughs> a stride is like one of them long steps forward. Like, <laughs> I guess I just have a a different word to stride. A word Which that means. hilarious because in every other arena, I have to, like, you have this whole benefit of a doubt thing, except for here. It's amazing. It's hilarious. I don't know. You're usually the optimistic one. I feel dirty being optimistic right now. Let's it's, switch up. Let's move on because I don't like this up. feeling. All right. Take, up, take it from here, ma'am. <laughs> let's, let's get to some bullshit. I feel better then. Um, let's get into some unnatural selection. I don't have a lot because it was, I don't know. I just didn't see a lot. 
I want to start with Mr. Kelsey. I'm going to say his name wrong. Kelsey. Too. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I feel like I have to say something about this because I said something about the other story. So if you don't know Travis Kelsey, he plays for terrible teams. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. And he didn't do the dab. He did the... He hit the quan. Uh, he hit I the quan in the end zone. Now... No letters written. One nobody all up in arms. And if you didn't know, Travis is white. Even one of the ESPN newscasters was like, I wonder why there wasn't a letter written about him doing that. Because it was sure horrible for Cam Newton to do a dance in the end zone. Ain't nobody said shit about Travis though. And I just this is what I try to get people to understand when I say there's a difference in how things are perceived. You know, I had a conversation with one of my white friends who said something that somebody told him was um, offensive and he didn't get why. Because a lot of times, like, we feel like white people are just being weird, but they they really don't get it sometimes. And he didn't understand why. And I had to explain to him that what he said, he was like, because I would have said it to somebody white, so I don't understand. One, you're going to be judged based on your core group. And your core group, it was a quick, he said something about somebody's weed, their hair. And he was like, I would have said it to a white girl too. And I was like, yes, but what you have to understand, he was like, white women were wearing weed, you know, been wearing weed. For, you're right. But the perception is different. The way that black women wearing false hair is looked at completely different from white women. Because they're white women been wearing it forever. Most white women that you see walking down the street with long hair down their back, that's not their hair. But the perception isn't as negative for them. So you're saying this. Yes, you probably would have said it to somebody white, but it's going to be looked at differently because this person was black and the perception of that person for their culture is different. Same thing with this. You're going to write a whole letter about how it was terrible for Cam Newton to do this. Nobody had a problem. People were like, you know, black Twitter got in her ass, but other people felt like it was unsportsmanly too. But then nobody said, shit, the Travis, why? <laughs> I don't see any other difference besides the fact that they he white and Cam is black. I don't see another difference. Besides, and they play for different teams. And I know you finna be optimistic. So go ahead and be optimistic. I got some theories. One, it could be that the Texans just had, they fans are just bigger assholes than the Kansas City Chiefs fans. And so, you know, they real critical of the situation. Or it could be that we saw that lady get drugged in the media about that letter. So we're going to shut up. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it would not be wise to write a letter about something that somebody got drugged for last week. Like, if you yeah. want to keep your job, your <laughs> friends, your Facebook and Twitter activated, then you probably should not do something like that and let people know that it was you. Yeah. And so it could yeah. possibly be that everybody learned their lesson from that lady being stupid. It could be. And decided not to. It could be. Or it could be because Cam Newton is black and Travis I still Kelsey feel like is that's what it is. But I, you know, white. I don't give people the uh, benefit of a doubt. <laughs> but I do, I do see that in society, we do continue to see things happening with white and black. Mm -hmm. Something with a black person happens and is sensationalized, it's magnified, it's problem, and it happens to a white person and it's not really that big of an issue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that we look at it and we isolate those things and say that, you know, this is different than this. You can always say that. Yeah. You can always say it. But when you look at statistics, 
that show that, you know, this group is getting the shaft <laughs> everywhere. This group is getting the shaft at a moderately low level. We have to figure out where the problem is. We got to figure out what's making this group get the shaft more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it can't be a coincidence. Nope. And it can't be that this group is just consistently doing things to get the shaft when, when we're speaking of African-Americans, only represent 13% of America. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We have to evaluate what's going on with this group, with the perception of this group, or with the interaction of this group from other groups in order to determine what's happening here. Yeah. And how we resolve the situation. And I think that this is just a very small version of that possibly. Yeah, maybe potentially. Um <laughs> You know, I say every week I'm not going to do this, but I briefly can and Kanye had their baby. A new baby West? Named Saint. Saint West. Saint West. Really? Your parents are the furthest things from saints. And considering this family, he's not going to be no saint. He can't possibly. <laughs> he might be. I mean, he might look at his family and be like, I don't want to be that. Maybe. What's the opposite of my family? Church. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could. <laughs> Then the name would fit. Um, I just don't foresee that happening, but it might. But what made me bad is like somebody said something to Kim about, oh, you're going to name him South. And she got mad. And it's like, bitch, you named your daughter North. Don't act like directionals are out of the question for you. You still got East. You still got South. You can't use West because West West would be just, you know, passe. Can't do that. But East and South are still in. Don't do that. Don't act like we the crazy ones. You named your daughter North. So... She's like, clearly, I wouldn't use more than one direction in naming my children. Duh. Like, girl. <laughs> okay. But South. So his name is Saint. They have Saint and North. I bet they wouldn't have named the Saint if their last name was Bernard. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. They should have named the Wild Wild. That would have been funny. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. <laughs> He's First name Wild, middle name Wild, last, last name West. West. Yeah. He's going to need some laughs. I feel like growing up in that family. So, okay. I don't want to stay on them for too long. I just thought I would mention in case you didn't know they had the kid and the kid's name is Saint. Um, let's go to Nicki Minaj and her brother who she's bailed out of jail. Um, he got arrested for apparently, allegedly, allegedly sleeping with a 12 year old, I think. So her brother is allegedly a pedophile. Allegedly. Mm -mm. Um, you don't sleep with a 12-year-old. You sleep with another grown person <laughs> that you don't want to say I had sex with. You rape a 12-year-old. Well, you raped a 12-year-old, allegedly. I want to say because, you know, nothing's come out. No details or anything uh, regarding the situation have come out. So I want to stay semi-neutral. But um, I feel bad for Nikki simply because she's in a lot. Like anybody else that this happens to, nobody gives a shit, right? And she didn't do anything, but she has to get this bad press because her brother did this, you know? Um, so it's kind of unfortunate for her. But if, if he did this, he is an asshole. He's the worst kind of person. And I personally feel like all of the pedophiles should be put on pedophile island where they all go together and reside away from the rest of us on their own little island, kind of like Survivor, right? They, they have everything that they need, potentially, and they just stay on the island. Oh. It's, no, it's, like, it's like chill, but no. nicer. 
That's not. It's an island vacation that's, for pedophiles. I don't think that's to happen. I, I mean, I think it would be good. But, I think we should look into but it. But what about? But what? What about the mistakes? Like what about? Like, like they I, gonna send pedophiles to pedophile island that didn't even do nothing because the justice system. But they send people to jail that didn't. How would that be any different from them going to jail for not doing with something that they didn't do as opposed to going to pedophile island? I mean, they still would get convicted. Them not going to pedophile island ain't gonna save their ass. They still. Gonna <laughs> but you're talking about exile. Yep. <laughs> I mean, exile and jail are two different things. Like at least in jail, your folks can come and visit you and they can write to you. Hey, if somebody want to get on a boat, go out to pedophile island. Hey, and I thought about this. They, we could have like we could have staff for the island, so they're not just out. We who need somebody to make on, sure their ass don't leave. Who gonna want to work on Pedophile Island? I mean, who the same people who want to work? Oh, in well, a I guess adults. The ones who are yeah, and the ones who work in prisons. Again, adults. it's like a prison just mm. on an island, away from the rest of us. I don't know. I don't like that. I think our should. justice system ain't stable enough. Again. To create an island and with because it's gonna be like clearly it's people that go to jail, but now they gotta go to jail and we gotta pay for them to go out to some secluded island location. Oh, we gotta send them first class accommodations. <laughs> you know we can we can get them a little what are them little propeller plane things. Then, then why don't we just drown them? Well, that's well, murder. I'm not. So where's the line? Where are we drawing the line here? Hey, they're not gonna die. Drowning somebody's murder. I'm not saying kill them. I'm saying put them on a little island together, you know, away from the rest of us and away from kids. If they're out on the island, then they're gonna molest no children. Right? That's gonna be a terrible idea. I mean, I wouldn't want to work on pedophile island personally. I'm <laughs> not. I'm be... not volunteering to do that. I'm just saying we need to set the island up. That's all. I feel like we need pedophile. So island. what about? So what about murder? What we about have, rape? We can have murder island. Listen, it's enough places in the <laughs> world that we can have pedophile island. We can have murder island. We can have rape island. I feel like the rapists need to be separate from the pedophiles. Um. Well, and you know, there, there's that code because I don't know that. She, see, we couldn't put them all on the island together because the murderers. You know, there's a code in prison for the pedophiles. They kill them, so we can keep them separated. So I don't want anybody to die. It's gonna be five hundred thousand people. On an island, yep. trying to figure out how to get back at America, <laughs> they're gonna become organized, and they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a pedophile plane. <laughs> they're gonna build a pedophile. They're gonna build a bunch of pedophile rafts on the trees. They're gonna kill all the stat. Like that can go wrong. <laughs> it could go wrong, but look, people break out of prison here. We have revolts in prisons. That happens. Guards get killed sometimes. I just feel like this is like a next level prison deal they're just gonna be a little further away but you know as opposed like, to down the street in the prison but i mean it's like two prisons in montgomery when i lived there kill me like it's they're, they're down the street literally the like lines, they're on the island no way <laughs> the lines are blurred the lines are blurred because you know you can get on like a sexual offender list for like peeing outside of well, a preschool and that's the thing before we created the island i would want to revamp those laws because a lot of that is bullshit like a lot of the stuff that people can get on the sex offender list i feel like sh they shouldn't get on the list for like i don't feel like a 17 year old who has sex with a 16 year old should be on the pedophile list because he's not a pedophile obviously i feel like that's sh bullshit so but that ain't they don't even normally look at that as pedophilia. Or they like, look at that as rape. That's statutory rape. Well, statutory rape. rape but so he wouldn't go to rape. You wouldn't want him to go to rape. I wouldn't island. want him to go to rape island because he would have to be on the sex offenders list, and I don't feel like for what. But I mean, 
it's a possibility that he raped her, but I it's mean, also a possibility that grandmama walked in on two young teenagers having consensual sex. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's not based on whether or not she can say it was consensual and it wouldn't matter because of the age. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, he could rape her. That would be different if she was saying that it was rape. But if they consented to having sex and grandma is just like, he's too old to be having sex with her. And I'm going to press charges. That's a different thing. Because they even if the girl said that it's consensual, if the age difference is enough, the court don't give a shit. He's still going to get locked up for statutory, even though it was consensual, because of the age difference. So what you're saying is we don't, before any islands yes, we get need implemented, to we need to law. make the law system better. better. Yeah, we and need to the reason I'm them. saying that I don't like the islands because the law system is messed up. So we would revamp them first, then create the islands. But that make you feel better? Look, it'll, it'll, it'll make if me. If I ever run for president, folks, <laughs> I won't listen. I'm gonna run under the campaign. The pedophile island. Well, we should ship them all. All the conservatives that we, I get the conservative votes. Well, I mean, clearly, if you became the president, I would have to go along with your situation. <laughs> but I don't think that would necessarily make me feel better about it because it, it's just like we have to prepare for the zombie apocalypse. We got to prepare for the pedophile apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> we got to prepare for all the pedophiles to come. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> the pedophiles are coming. <laughs> exactly. The rapists are coming. The, the murderers are coming. Come. Oh, Everybody I wouldn't want the murderers to be mad at me. That would be bad. Them banding together. Because you know serial killers will be out there on murder island too. I don't know. May have a reason. The IQs can't, ain't going to be able to be that high. For serial killers, they're actually... You but it ain't that many killers. serial killers. Well, well, that we know The good of. serial killers are still... They yeah, gonna they be don't over get here. caught. That's true. That's <laughs> the bad true. serial killers are going to be on Murder Island. That's true. I'm saying, you know, of course there's some details <laughs> that need to be ironed out, but I'm still for pedophile island. Um, but, so nothing else has come out, I, I don't think, as far as, like, Nikki's brother is concerned and, like, what that has... Um, like what actually happened but i just feel bad for her because i got three brothers and they idiots if i got judged based on the shit my brothers did i would be in trouble like <laughs> oh my god so i just feel kind of bad for her and i know that's just part of the fame but like because like um kristen cavallari don't know who that is. she was on a um, show on mtv her husband plays Hockey, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, something. Anyhow, no, that would help. I yeah. don't do hockey. I don't do MTV. Yeah. <laughs> um, her brother's missing. Like that's been in the news. He's missing. They found his car parked somewhere, and he been missing since like before Thanksgiving or some shit. And but he's troubled because that's what they call white people when they are crazy. Troubled. Um, so he's troubled, and so they're worried that they don't know where he is because he's, you know, giving his parents a lot of problems. They, they're so nice with the description, I find, when you're white, yeah. as opposed to, like, if he was black, the description would have been completely different. Or brown. Or brown, any kind of brown. Yeah, the any brown. Been shit, like, he would have been all kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I, I just, it's, I, I think it's unfortunate that you, you know, have to be thrust in the mom life of shit your family do. You yeah. can keep your nose clean and still have to be dealing with shit because they can't sit down somewhere. It's messed up, but if he did it, he need to take his ass on over to pedophile. He does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his ass need to do. He need to go over there. He does, and I'm gonna be right there in the corner. Um, the last thing. He'll turn us barbaric out here. We just gonna have. Then we gonna be in court with yeah with staff. 
and you, in order to answer, you just beat it on the floor. <laughs> pedophile Island. Pedophile Island. <laughs> the last story that I have is on Charlie Sheen. Um, his fiance suing him because he didn't tell her that he was HIV positive, according to her. And he something about keeping her against her will, but it was, a, what was the actual charge? It was essentially keeping her against her will. I can't remember the charge. Assault, false imprisonment, I think it was. False imprisonment. Yeah. False imprisonment? Not false imprisonment. Shit, what was it? Anyhow, basically keeping her against her will and assault. So he's being charged. How, she's Well, she's suing him for these things. So is this, is, are, is she saying keeping me against his will was because she didn't tell me? Is I that think, something related? Like, did he lock in a closet for some period of time? I don't know. That's or, what it says. Or I guess maybe if she had known he had a, she would have left. So not having that knowledge kept her there. Maybe. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. But she's suing his ass for like a, a million, seven million. That ain't enough. Oh, seven million. Oh, okay, seven. I can see seven million. One million? <laughs> you spent a dollar and that's in the thousands. <laughs> that's Charlie Sheen. Do you know how much he was making yeah. on... Two and a half men. And he did that whole tour after he got booted off where he was just coking it up out here on the streets, which is probably... Booger sugar. <laughs> <laughs> the nose candy. <laughs> All right. Um, Dave, what's his name? Uh, uh, Chappelle show, Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady, oh Wayne yeah. Brady. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's being sued. Nobody's surprised. I feel like that's going to happen a lot because I'm sure there's a lot of people he didn't disclose his status to, which is fucked up, and you should not do that. Um, And he definitely had, because they were only engaged a year, like a year ago, and he's had it for four years. So he was definitely positive while she was with him, and she's saying that he never told her. I wonder how long he knew he had it before. Like, I wonder if he, like, found out if he found out at the very beginning or he find out like close to the end like yeah yeah, i wonder when i don't know because it makes a difference if he knew he had that thing in that year that they were together versus finding it out later yeah you know that's true and here's the thing that that's the part it's like what are you gonna do that seems like it would be very difficult to prove that he already knew yeah because the doctors are not gonna you know doctor uh, patient privilege. I, I, how would you prove that he knew? Well, they can get subpoenaed, can't they? I guess. In a criminal trial. Yeah. Or a criminal trial. To find out when the blood work and stuff was done yeah. and the results came back, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But if I was Charlie Sheen, I would pay two of my doctors $3.5 million a piece before I pay her seven. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just tell them. <laughs> Change the numbers. Do what I don't. If your license gets pulled, I'll pay you for the rest of your life. <laughs> It's about ego and pride. Now, I'm not giving her nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and he would not be above that, I feel like. There was a reason why Emilio separated himself from this family. When all else fails, be Emilio Estevez. That's the advice Charlie Sheen should have taken five years ago, at least. Yeah. It, yeah. Change it's... your name. Rebrand yourself. Separate yourself from your family. Worked out well for him. <laughs> <laughs> or it seems, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have for Unnatural Selection. Not a lot happened. But, like... How do you, how do you tell somebody you got eight? How do you like buy a cake and like put on there, uh, HIV? Uh-uh, or play Hangman? Uh, you tell that shit over the phone because I can imagine the response to that shit's gonna be bad. You make sure you like out of the country. 
or not at your house. Because I feel like the, the the next step after you tell them is that they're going to come to your house. <laughs> You're right. right. Like, that's not good news. Nobody's going to take that and be like, oh, for real? Okay, that's too bad. I'm sorry. Like, nobody's going to take that well. So, that, I don't know that that's something you do in person. That seems risky. I guess you could just generally be like, you know, you need to get tested. Because I got a thing. I think I got a situation. I don't know what it is, but you should get tested. Yeah, you know it's AIDS, but you should be like, you should get tested. When they get tested and they clean, you'd be like, okay, good. I have AIDS. <laughs> we glad you don't have it, but you know. Or you could do that, like that episode of Family Guy where they were the barbershop quartet. And they came to the guy's room. You have AIDS. You have AIDS. You could just hire a singing group to like come and do a do they do singing telegrams anymore i'm pretty sure everybody does everything these days you can find somebody you can to find do somebody doing anything again i wouldn't want to be the person who did the sing i feel like they take it out on you <laughs> i know right what? <laughs> that bastard just beat the, <laughs> the singing telegram person but that would be terrible it would be terrible i don't know i don't know how you would it, it, no there's no way to tell somebody and they're going to be like oh okay yeah, there is no acceptable way. That's why I'm like, let them get the test first. When they <laughs> negative, then let them know. They still going to have a reaction. They still But are. at least they also going to know that they good. That's unless true. they got AIDS. Yeah. Then it's a situation. Yeah. I don't know. Terrible. Terrible. Charlie Sheen's a terrible person. But we've said that before and we'll probably say it again. He's horrible. He could be worse. He could be worse. He could be somebody that needs to go to Pedophile Island. So yeah, at least he wouldn't be on Pedophile Island. He'd be on AIDS Island, Murder Island. He'd be on Murder Island because that's the charge for that. If you don't disclose, it's like. But what if they don't die? Doesn't matter. You've given them a. Well, it's not so much a death sentence anymore now. Well, I guess if you couldn't afford the medication, aren't the medication still pretty expensive? Like if you don't have insurance and somebody gives it to you, how would you take care of yourself? I would imagine that the Sue Charlie Sheen, yeah, get seven million. <laughs> Man, that's what she's doing because he was dating all of these like random straggly ass women. So I just imagine I don't think she's anybody with money herself. So that may be part of the reason why. It's like, well, what what's gonna speak to me is if if nobody turn up with AIDS, even though Charlie Sheen got it, it's really gonna. I'm really gonna question AIDS like. How hard or easy is it to transfer? Yeah, because he was out here just yeah. sharing needles and all kinds well, of Well, I shit. mean, I've read that you can have sex with somebody with AIDS and not transfer yeah. it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not a guarantee. Your yeah, odds ain't good, but yeah. it's not guaranteed that you will contract it from that person. So, I don't know. That's what I would want. But I just feel like the odds, consider, or maybe he wasn't living such, as wild a life as we were led to believe. But if he was, the odds of nobody contracting it, I just can't buy that. I'm sorry. Considering all of the shit he was doing. And like I said, he went on a tour. It was like his crazy train, or Charlie's crazy train, or some shit after he got kicked off of Two and a Half Men. And he was just doing crazy shit. He had like three women that was traveling with him that he called the goddesses that he was sleeping with. It was just a whole. Just a bunch of fuckery. So I, I would be surprised if nobody, considering how reckless he was being, nobody else had it. Like, that would be surprising. Because, yeah, I think that damn good. And I don't think we'll ever find out. 
No, nah, because people usually ain't nobody ain't nobody gonna say, "Hey, Charlie Sheen gave me AIDS." Yeah, they that's just like go. that uh, pastor in Montgomery. Remember that was he was HIV positive. He had been sleeping with the congregation. Yeah. Nobody ever came for because one, I'm gonna have to admit that I was sleeping with the pastor. Yeah, which is a no no. Yeah, and then two, I'm gonna have to admit that I contracted AIDS from said pastor. Nobody's gonna yeah. do that, so nobody's gonna come forward. So. We'll never know how many people within that congregation contracted anything because they're not gonna say nothing because they're embarrassed to have been doing what they were doing. Yeah. So yeah. True story. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got anything else on your mind? I think that about ties it up. I, my tattoos itchy. That's about all. Tattoos itchy. Yeah. I don't have any tattoos. I have no, This is number six. I just number got six. Number six. I'm working on a sleeve, so. I'm too hairy to get a tattoo. Like, I don't want no forest around my tattoo. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have to, like, I'm sure, like, LL Cool J, he got tattoos. Oh, but, but you and he know, shave he every, day. every day. And I imagine he also put Crisco on his body, like, just to make sure it shines, <laughs> you know, because Crisco, is, it gives him a particular feel. He could use other body products made for that, but, but you Crisco, you Crisco. know, he like how that feels on his skin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I can do nothing like that. Yeah, that would t- that would be a lot. Yeah. That would be. Um, and so I have to have a tattoo with a bunch of hair around. It. Like I don't. You could like oh you know what would be hilarious? You should get like a face, and then it could be its beard. <laughs> <laughs> you could get your own face <laughs> and a beard. That would be terrible. Didn't Rick Ross do that? Or he no he had a chain of his own. Yeah, he got a chain. Head. It wasn't a tattoo. It was a chain. I guess. That would be narcissistic as shit. Wouldn't it to get your face, your, your own face, face tattooed? Just on because you got hair on your. Nobody would believe it. They would just think you were extremely narcissistic. Like nobody would be like, he got it because he got a beard. First, they'd be like, he real stupid. <laughs> number one, uh, that's gonna trump narcissism. You're right. You know, so I would be a stupid narcissist. Yeah. And that's the worst. That's probably the worst. Exactly. Yeah, that would be much. Worse. If you're gonna be a narcissist, at least be smart. Yeah. Oh, they all think they're <laughs> the most intelligent people in the world. They're the greatest. But at least be smart. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna think they're smart, but please, just be smart. At least let your smart live up to the idea that you have about yourself. Yeah. That would be nice. So maybe, maybe tattoos just aren't for you. But I plan—I don't know how many more it's gonna take to finish out this sleeve. So if I get larger ones, it wouldn't take as long. But um, it hurts. So sitting there for like long periods to get large tattoos, it's not gonna happen. What I have to say? do this in you know smaller sessions because I'm my tolerance is not that high. Like good twenty minutes and I'm ready to go. So it can't be anything that's gonna take more than twenty minutes of sitting. It's long enough. Well, I guess that'll be it for us. Until we come to the next conversation. Yeah. All of you.